We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Who's coming through the door? I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Oh, hi there. Hello, love. Hello. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. Hello, love. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. Come in, love. Please, come on in and make yourself stay at home. Uh, feel comfortable. Grab a cup of coffee or whatever your morning beverage is. What are you drinking this morning? You got the uh, juice? Not juice. I have the Powerade. Powerade. Getting some power in there this morning. Try. I got my uh, green water, my green fizzy water, S. Pellegrino here this morning. It just uh, tastes pretty good. Sometimes it tastes really good. Sometimes it tastes like water. <laughs> it tastes pretty good this morning. So whatever your morning beverage is, grab it around, grab it and come around, sit down and enjoy some time with us this morning. We are always happy to have you here. It is 8:10 in the morning on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, a lot of patchy, dense fog around. Not everywhere. That's why it's called patchy. But patches of fog, and when it's, you get it, it is very dense and thick. Uh, 57 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 55 at the Highlands, 50 in Elm Grove, and 56 here at the Watchdog Radio Network. It's actually bumping up and down a degree or two here and there, but I think we're going to be pretty stable throughout the day. Fog advisory this morning up until around 9 or 10 o'clock. Rainy day today, daytime high of 56 degrees. Let me check and see what I've got here on the Frio stack. I'm really glad the, the text line is working again. You know, um, two days ago, we, we had so many texts coming in, and I love it to hear from our listeners. Uh, you can call us, but people don't call as much anymore. But I loved getting all the texts. And then yesterday, the text line was, wasn't working for some reason. So I appreciate, uh, I really appreciate uh, people texting in. Howard, I believe stealing street signs is only a misdemeanor. <laughs> no suspension for that. Okay. All right, look, I I made a bad mistake. I didn't know. I didn't understand what they were talking about with the, you know, you said that Jim Harbaugh got in trouble for stealing signs. I'm thinking about, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Haas, you know, uh, 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 where he was stealing the Lebanese signs. I thought, I thought, this, I thought Bob was always stealing signs. Then I realized, no, he's talking about stealing, like, the football signs. Okay, I get it. So, Howard, I believe stealing street signs is only a misdemeanor. No suspension for that. Next Frio Stack auction service text line comment. Uh, Howard, I bet I donated 50 pints of blood on the sixth floor of OVGH, Ohio Valley General Hospital. I ran up the stairs to get my blood flowing. All right. Back in the days when they would take my blood, they don't take my blood anymore. They won't, they won't take blood from me. Tell you got in your head there. I'm wearing a crown, Howard. Why do you have a crown? Well, because Desiree, while you were reading the text, things got kind of busy here. Desiree brought us food and drink from the Burger King, and she brought us each a crown. You got a crown? You're, you're, you're King Bob. Well, we're both kings. I'm going to bring you your crown when we take the break. And <laughs> we also have our friend Gene from Martin's Ferry. Well, Gene, we haven't heard from you for a while, my friend. Good morning, Gene. Good morning, Gene. Well, I've had some... Uh Things I had to do the last two months, uh, and 
I'm kind of free now. I'm going to be calling back in. But I do want to tell my two communist buddies. <laughs> Comrades. Hey, I, I can't understand. I can understand you hired because you're a nut when it comes to politics. Okay. <laughs> but Bob I've, listened, Bob, I've listened to for years, and I cannot believe we are, we are so different on Trump. I am a Trumper. And Bob and you guys rip on that guy something terrible. So I got some sad news for you, fellas. He's going to beat them all, and he's going to be the next president. Well, the only thing is, he may be. Uh, he may. I think. I think that's a very distinct possibility, Gene. I do not disagree with you. I, he is clearly going to become the nominee. He's going to win the primary. He's going to win the the, the nomination. He's going to be the Republican nominee. Uh, and then uh, in the fall, there's a. There's a good chance he will, uh, you know, become president. The only difference between this presidency and the last one is uh, the last time he was president, he ran things from the Oval Office, and this time he's probably <laughs> going to run things from a jail cell because, Gene, he is a criminal. He is a rapist. That's, by the way, already been proven. That's he is he is a convicted rapist. Actually, it's not. oh my god, he's a rapist. Well, he's a fraud. He's a scamster. He's a bamboozler. And he's uh, and and he's probably a traitor too. And Gene, that didn't bother you. I mean, from the get go, he refused. <laughs> I, I think this is a legitimate question, Gene. I think from the get go, okay. he refused his tax returns. And I think now we all know the reason for that because he inflated those. That doesn't bother you even just a little bit. Let me tell you something. I just sold my house. I gave a guy a good deal on my house. I could have asked for more, but I didn't do that. We all do that. If you're going to sell something, you sell it. You always ask for more than what you're going to get. But that's that's not the same thing as what's, as what's happening. When you go to a bank and you want to get a second mortgage on your house, they oh, want a realistic value of your house, not what you can sell it for, not what some yabaloni is going to pay you at a reduced rate. They want to know what's the value of the house. That's the way it works. And that's what Trump did. He overinflated the value of his companies, which, by the way, I, I, I don't know if that by itself is a crime or not. The crime is he overinflated the value of his companies. Then, using the overinflated value, he got loans at reduced rates. He stole from the banks because he got, he got rates that he didn't deserve. Uh, so. Well. They put you, you and I, you, me, and Howard in jail for that. Uh, That's exactly right. And we'll put him in jail, all, too. All I, I listen to, all I can tell you is I, what I went through the last two months was selling my house and all this stuff. Let me tell you something. What a racket that is. I, you, you can't just say, here, buy it. you got to go through lawyers and banks and all this stuff. It's crazy. But I'm finally over it now. It's done. Well, we're, so, happy, uh, we're happy for you, Gene. I know it had to be really, really tough. A lot of years, a lot of memories in that home. 64 years. Wow. Wow. But my kids my kids helped me out. Good. And uh, it's, it's been fun. But I still love you guys. I'll still listen. We love you, Gene. Yeah. Lou Delm Grove will be neighbors. I was just going to say, Gene, listen, uh, no matter how 100% totally, completely, ir irretrievably wrong you are, 
<laughs> we still love you and want to hear from you. Feel free to call us anytime. <laughs> thanks, Gene. 816 here. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. 816 here on the Watchdog Morning. Hey! Hey! He, he could, wait a minute, he could move to Elm Grove. We, we have a house we, for him. We've got the house for him if he wants to go. Uh, it's time for a real estate auction by uh, the Frio and Stack Auction folks, 2476 National Road in Wheeling. Uh, the auction is, it's a, it's a house. It's coming up next Wednesday, 12.30 p.m., sharp. And don't be late. You know, 12.32 ain't going to cut it. I wanted the house. Too bad. 12.30 sharp next Wednesday, real estate auction, 2476 National Road in uh, Wheeling. Uh, located on Route 40 National Road, Elm Grove section of Wheeling. 2,300 square feet of living space, three bedrooms, two baths, uh, full basement, finished attic, first floor office. Wow. Garage, block garage outside. Yeah, oh. and if, if you uh, spend any time in Elm Grove or not, if you go way, way back and remember Lard Vitale, it was his home, and then he passed it down to his son, Harold Vitale, and Sad Howard, they're, they're all gone now. Yep, but it can be yours. Or Gene, it could be yours. I don't know what I'm you, Elm Grove, Gene. I don't know where you've settled, but you can come to Elm Grove, and you know Bob and I will take you to Uncle Pete someday. We'll hang out. That's exactly right. Uh, the auction conducted, of course, by Frio Stack and Associates. Uh, for more information, you can go to frioandstack.com, um, or you can give them a call. And uh, just take, remember, it's next Wednesday, January 31st at 12:30 p.m. sharp, 2476 National Road. It is in the house itself. It's a real estate auction. Um, I don't think any contents, right? The property will be sold. It's just real estate. As is condition. It's a real estate uh, auction only. So there you go. Something for Gene to think about. There you go. Or any of the rest of you. Anybody. 818 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. There's a place where family and tradition are forged in the West Virginia hills. Strengthened by the inspiration of a world-class education. Where hands-on learning is encouraged and applied. A community where you will be supported and be inspired to support others. An experience that is more than just a university, it's a place you'll call home. A legacy you'll leave for generations to come. It's all here at West Liberty University. West Virginia Northern Community College has over 10 new programs. Check out these new offerings that can lead to a great career, including hospitality and tourism, industrial technology, elementary education, substance abuse intervention specialist, our 100% online criminal justice program, and more. New non-credit trainings include EMT, paramedic, CDL, and certified nurse assistant. Register for one of these new programs today or check out one of the other 70 programs West Virginia Northern Community College has to offer at wvncc.edu. Did you know that Belmont Savings Bank offers business checking accounts? And some of the key benefits of the BSB business checking can possibly help you save money. Like no transaction fee, no minimum balance, free unlimited check writing, free online banking. Should I go on? You know what? Just stop into any BSB location and talk to one of their team members. Ask them about a business checking account and they will put you in touch with one of their experts. You'll know you're in the right place when you hear, welcome to Belmont Savings Bank. How may we help you today? Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. HP Excavating and Septic Cleaning has been serving the Ohio Valley for 48 years, offering septic, plumbing, repair, insulation, and excavation work. Don't let just any company work on your septic system. Call us today at 304-242-7443. Our number one business is your number two. 
Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. Live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I would uh, rather say Desiree, Desiree. Oh, Desiree. Wish I could have found a song that would have had Desiree. Man, Desiree. Thank you, Desiree. <laughs> oh. She brought, um, and I have a crown on now, too, and the uh, video camera is on. <laughs> if you go to watchdognetwork.com, scroll down to the video, uh, the big video screen, you'll see me with my crown on. I am now King Monroe. Well, I am King Monroe, come to think of it. So it's King Bob, King Howard here on the radio this morning, thanks to Desiree. But more than the crown, which is Let nice. there be breakfast. Let there be more than <laughs> the order of the king is croissants for the day. Uh, and, and Desiree brought my favorite, what are yours? A breakfast croissant. I love it. Yummy. And some coffee. Hot coffee. Yeah. And because she knows us, napkins. <laughs> we we are it. set. We are set. Can I take a bite? Is that yeah, right? eat a little bit there, Howard. Frio Action, uh, Frio Auction Service Hotline, 304-214-1600. Jump in. we got a couple minutes here while Howard well, now, is, I'm, is I'm, eating. I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> Come on, King. <laughs> um, oh, my God, Howard. Listen to the change in your voice when Gene starts talking Trump. You need treatment for your Trump derangement syndrome. A little treatment. <laughs> okay. Um. Should be no surprise to you. That's why. Okay, let's see here. Um, swallowed it. There we go. Oh boy, man! Be careful, this, Howard. Don't check. Oh no, but this is good. You know, we talked about this last. Is today National Croissant Day? I'm not sure. I knew it was coming up. Remember, we talked about it last week. I, I talked about it ahead of time. I think today might have been. National. Well, you're king. Make it croissant to, morning. I have Howard. officially decided today is National Breakfast Croissant Day. Absolutely. Um. Howard Lyndon LaRouche ran for president. Ran for president from prison. I voted for him twice. Oh, I wasn't, How'd that work out? I wasn't joking though when I said that um, if Trump is elected and he could be, he could easily easily be. I predict he will eventually be convicted, uh, but he, I also think he could be elected and he could end up being president from prison. And I understand that I'm not being funny about this. They're already working on plans for. The Secret Service is required to protect a president. But if he's in prison, how do they do that? I mean, they're actually there are behind the scenes talk about having making that making all of that work. So um Lyndon LaRoche ran for prison. All right, let's see here. Um what else have I got here? Um 304-214-1600. Howard, you forgot to say Trump paid the loans off. Yeah, the, that, that's not the point. The point is he got the loans at a reduced rate. If the loan should have been $8 million and he got them for $4 million, the fact that he paid the $4 million off doesn't mean that he still essentially defrauded the bank of the $4 million in between. 
So whether he paid the loans off or not is irrelevant. He paid off a loan that was built on fraudulent information. Howard and Bob, you nitwits, it's the bank's responsibility to evaluate property put up for collateral no matter what the owner says. He, they asked for his tax returns also, and he yeah. said, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see, 304-214-1600. It's awful to be cold. Hope breakfast warmed you up. One is bacon, one is sausage. That must be from Desiree, I Which guess. one did you get, Howard? I got sausage. And a nice lady called in, and uh, I think we irritated her with our pronunciation of croissant. She says we're not pronouncing it. How do we say Pronouncing it, it right. How do we say it? Croissant. I think I probably messed it croissant. up even worse. Yes. I don't know. I, we, I guess there's a French way, you know, croissant. Oui, oui, Howard. Croissant. Get it right. Croissant. But um, whatever, I don't know. Whatever. Look here. See this thing here? Whatever this thing is. You're working on it. I'm working on it. It's very good. I better not eat anymore until the next break, but I will chow this down uh, during the uh, half-hour uh, news break. Um, all right. Let, I, I want to talk about the home. I'm going to take this hat off because. Howard is taking his crown off. I, I, I want to get serious here for a minute, and then I'm going to eat my food. <laughs> <laughs> um the homeless camp story is an ongoing story here in the city of Wheeling. And just to recap the whole deal, back uh, in November, Wheeling City Council passed an ordinance banning overnight camping by anyone, but essentially talking about the homeless. Nobody can, can have overnight camping inside the city limits on public property. Uh, Vice Mayor Chad Thalman suggested, and it was accepted by his fellow council members, that while pa- uh, camping be banned, there be a managed camp, a contr- one particular one camp could be open that would be a controlled and managed camp. So that's what the ordinance was passed. January first, the ordinance went into effect, and they began to enforce it. But then Bob Heron decided to give it a couple of extra weeks, so he delayed it for a couple of weeks. Part of the reason was there was no managed camp. They were closing people's homes, if you will, their tent cities down. And they had nowhere to go because there was no managed camp, which was part of the deal. Uh, and then the two weeks passed, a week ago today, and the city sent um, workers up and even police up to roust out the camp, the people who were still in their tent cities. Said, no, that's it. You're done. They gave them notice, I think four hours notice, and said, you know, you got to get out of here. Um, and so there it went. Well, that, has, that led to some discussion at city council about the fact that Bob Heron has the ability under this ordinance, which I don't think I, well, I know I didn't know, and I don't think too many council members knew, to exempt certain camps on a temporary basis. In other words, there's no camping anywhere in the city, public camping for homeless, but Bob Heron can exempt certain areas and allow camping to be there on a temporary and controlled basis. This is not the managed camp, but an exempted camp. So they uh, they do have an exempted camp now in East Wheeling. Excuse me. And uh, they began to clean it up yesterday. The uh, Intel had a good piece about it and some pictures of the folks, you know, dragging dumpsters around and kind of preparing that site for the homeless to get there. But the homeless homeless advocacy community in town is clearly not satisfied with what's happening here. Uh, They sent a letter to the city of Wheeling laying out some of their concerns, and I have a copy of it here. Uh, We homeless service providers are looking to work cooperatively with the city of Wheeling to enact the best practical solutions for Wheeling's homeless crisis and to avoid antagonism. 
Uh, and then they lay out the things that they feel need to be done um, and who needs to be done them, who needs to do them. Um, and they point out that rules and regulations as required under the ordinance are not yet in place. Therefore, there is no enforcement mechanism to make sure that the camps, the managed camp is underway. So th- they go on to talk about the things they feel need to be done, the things the city needs to do. Uh, the city of Wheeling should, and I, some of this they've agreed to with the city. City of Wheeling will provide a dumpster on site and a trash pickup. The neighborhood center, Catholic neighborhood center, will stock needed supplies like garbage bags and so on. Uh, homeless providers will work with residents to encourage cleanliness and to keep trash in dumpsters. There will be a central location for sharps storage, i.e., for the needles. Um, Project Hope will conduct regular uh, health inspections on the site, and the city will provide restroom facilities. Um, but then they go on to talk, they being the homeless advocates, go on to talk, Bob, about uh, the location that they're in right now was not requested by providers. The location presents real challenges. I guess Bob Heron decided this on his own. I, I'm not sure. I thought this came. I thought this was their idea, but they say they did not request this idea. Uh, among the concerns, and I have another letter here from Lachlan Chapel, which has a lot of kids in. You know, they serve kids right across the street from that. And Lachlan Chapel was very concerned about th- this being right in front of young kids. You know, coming coming to the chapel. Um, while we, this is from the Lachlan Chapel folks, Martha Wright, the director, and my friend John Hogel wrote as the president. We have served and continue to support our partner agencies that meet the needs of our unhoused neighbors. We must maintain a program, meaning Lachlan Chapel, where families can be confident there is a safe environment for their children. And I think that is one of the key things that we're, we're working for here. Uh, also in this letter, they say... Um, in addition to the continuation of our regular planned and budgeted services, well, now we have to take on more, this is the homeless advocates, now we have to take on more responsibility for this camp. Well, here, here's where, uh, guys and gals, you may have to change your priorities. You may have to re-divert some funding from one place to another. I mean, yeah, this is an additional problem created for whatever reason. You're going to have to deal with it. Well, we just we don't have any money. To, well, then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to redirect your resources to find a way to deal with it. Now, I am still unclear what the city's urgency is here. I am still unclear why this ordinance has to be fully enforced right now. I talked with some folks yesterday. My suggestion was city council should officially pass a resolution to pause this or not not rescind it. Council wants it in effect but to pause the ordinance until they can get this other stuff cleared up. This whole thing is a mess, and even though there's an image being portrayed that the homeless advocacy groups, the social service agencies, are supportive of the city, I don't think I'm reading between the lines of this. I don't think they are. I think they're distressed with what the city is doing. And I am as much a big fan of Bob Herons as I am, and I'm a gigantic fan of his. I don't understand what, where Bob's head is at on this. What the, what, the, what the speed is? Why do we have to do it now? Why do we have to tear these things down now? Why can't we pause this, get the managed camp in place? I don't know what you do. Put together a task force of everybody and say, by March 12th, you have the managed camp rules in place. Bob Heron did draw up draft guidelines for rules and regulations. I have a copy of them, uh, which he distributed to the social service agencies and said, give me some feedback at the last time I talked to the city manager. He said, well, he had not gotten any feedback from him. 
Well, everybody's going to get involved in this. Uh, there's t- too much. Everybody's work, and I, I get yelled at by everybody, by both sides, by the agencies, by the city, by friends of mine. I don't think everybody's working together on this. I think it's worse than that, Howard. Just knowing what I have known and listening to you this morning, two things just really jumped out at me. And, and I don't know which one because it's confusing. I think a couple or maybe, I don't know, more of these agencies are worried about themselves. Like, what are going to happen to us? You know, we like to be in control here. I don't think they want to be um, a combination of, of anyone else. They're worried about their job. They're worried about maybe they're not going to be around next year. That's my thought. And I wonder if the William Council just doesn't like Bob Heron having that power himself. Don't, don't, it sounds to me like they want to go through council before they run anybody off or say this or that this is the rules. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I, 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 I got criticized yesterday for, for from some social agencies uh, for saying that I thought they were more concerned about protecting their turf. Yes, I just said it. That's what I think, too. And, and I got I got criticized. No, that's not true. That's not, and maybe it's not. I don't know. But here's what I do know. When I read just the simple line, in addition to continuing our regular planned and budgeted services, we now must prepare to take on significantly more duties in response to the city's camping ban ordinance. Okay. Y'all got to get together and figure out how to do it. You may have to reprioritize. You may have to re, uh, redirect some of your monies. Now, I was told yesterday, well, you know, you, you, this is all grant money, and, and you can't just redirect grant money, and it could take up to a year to get new grant. I, you got to figure it out. It's just not enough to say, well, just don't do this. Don't. The city has chosen to have a camping ban. They have, in their words, agreed to try to have an exemption, which they have right now, and a, a, a long-term exemption, which would be the managed camp. But everybody's got to work together on this. And and you know what? The social agencies are going to have to just, they can't keep on doing what they've done and say, well, this just, is just what we've always done. City will have to take care of it. The city made it clear they weren't going to, the, the city made two things clear. They were going to ban public camping. They were, three things, I guess. They were going to ban public camping. They were going to allow the creation of one managed camp, and the city made clear the city is not going to be in charge of that. So if these agencies want to do it, they got to step up to the plate. And I'm going to get yelled at today. I can almost hear the phones being picked up, the texts coming in privately, not for the Frio Stack text line. People criticize me for saying these things. But um, everybody's got to just, you know, Things can't go on as they are. It's as simple as that. You're exactly right, Howard. And, and let me ask you this. Let's say that I was homeless. I had nowhere to go. I'm either from here or I just located to Wheeling. If I tried, wouldn't they find housing for me? Isn't housing available if I got to go through the chain and, and go here, maybe go here? Won't they find a place for me to get in out of the weather? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure what... If you have a job or if you get a job or if you have any kind of income, then there's low-income housing. But you have to have some sort of income. But let's also keep it's, – it's, that's also a good point, though, because I was reading some stuff online. You know, They're all bums. No, they're not. A lot of these folks actually are trying their best to work. Remember the one guy when they, they were tearing his camp down on Thursday, a week right. ago today? He was at work. I said, I was at work. He was at work. You're tearing my house down, and I'm at work. So many of them do work. 
um, there are opportunities for help. And that's where the Life Hub should come in. The Life Hub, I don't believe, should be a homeless shelter. It should be a homeless directing. That's right. You know, help people find the services they need. Help them find housing if that's possible. Help them find mental health services. Help them find drug services and so on. Um, so you know, we have, that's why that's why we have so many homeless here because people come knowing there are services. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm going to get yelled at, so I should just shut up. I'm not going to pick on them, Howard, because that building is near and dear to you and me. But right across the street from us is Windsor Manor. The folks that live there, are they low income, no income, they, they, problems? I mean, do, do they put someone in there, or is that a whole different ballgame? Uh, most of them are low income. So they have some sort of income. It, it could right. be what Social Security. One it, of the, it could be something like that. One of the guys uh, who spoke to council last week is a resident of Windsor Manor, and he talked about the fact that he was homeless. He had been homeless, and he got himself into Windsor Manor. And he was saying, "I hate the way you talk about the homeless people." It goes because you're talking about me. I was homeless, but I can't. Uh, I can't. I, I, I was homeless, but now I live at Windsor Manor. Um, I heard what you said there, Bob, and uh, unfortunately, my good friend Martha's going to have to wait. Uh, and I got 18 million texts coming in as well, but we're going to have to go to our, mo- our monthly report on medical matters from WVU Medicine. Dr. Campsey's coming up. We will have an, uh, some time in the next hour uh, to pick up on this. Uh, I'm sorry I squeezed all this in in a short period of time, but i got to take a break. Dr. Campsey is hanging by for uh, uh, the next segment. Yeah, I, But I will get back to this. I'm not trying to discourage anybody, please. I just want to uh, I, I got to take a break now. 8.38.22 till the hour. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 25th. 7 News has some special guests yesterday. Members of the National Weather Service Pittsburgh stopped by Wheeling and talked to the Storm Tracker 7 weather team about upcoming weather events and showed them new forecasting tools to optimize their accuracy. The relationship between the NWS and broadcast meteorologists is crucial when it comes to conveying impactful weather events and getting the word out to viewers. There is something the Storm Tracker 7 team prides itself on having. There are various programs and educational opportunities that you can sign up for that helps out the NWS, like Sky Warm Spotter training classes. This helps report weather events directly to the agency and allows them to expand their footprint for weather reports. Pamela Reed, previously arrested for fraud, forgery, and theft related to a false cancer diagnosis claim, faced additional charges. Investigations have recovered new evidence, including forged documents, social media fraud, and theft exceeding $10,000. Reed is currently held in Noble County Jail with a $50,000 bond and is due for arraignment in court at 11 a.m. For a full list of charges, you can head on over to WTRF.com. In 7 News at your local election headquarters, Ohio's primary election is set for March 19th, with the deadline to register to vote being February 20th. We're less than a month away from that deadline. Early voting begins on February 21st, and absentee ballot applications will be accepted through March 12th. As for West Virginia, the primary election is on May 14th. And it was a special evening at Bel Air Presbyterian Church as professional wrestlers from MVP Promotions met and gave tips to kids from RL Strength and Conditioning. They engaged in a variety of activities from playing basketball to boxing. Beyond just the physical attributes, the importance of teamwork and community was also at the center of last night's lessons. 
That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. Whether you're a flooring professional or a DIYer, the Flooring Center is here to help. Offering over 50 brands of the best carpet, vinyl, ceramic tile, hardwood, and laminate, the Flooring Center in Wheeling has all of your answers. With generations of experience, their flooring professionals offer full design and drafting on-site for your convenience. Competitive prices on material and installation allows them to work with any budget. So stop in today. The Flooring Center in Wheeling. Better floors, better prices. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or DiCarlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Promonte Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. How tough are you? It's the 43rd annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest. Co-sponsored by WTOV9, Eagle 107.5, Wheeling, Ohio County, CBB, Thomas Auto Centers, The World Gym, Jill's Gentleman's Club, A Class Act, ICR Equipment Rental, Sales and Supply, and Honda Direct Line. Coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. If you think you're tough enough and willing to get in the ring and prove it, sign up to fight at WBToughman.com. Ladies, if you want to be a ring girl and strut your stuff in the ring sign up at wvtoughman.com tickets go on sale this saturday at the west banco arena box office or online at westbancoarena.com it's the 43rd annual budweiser tough man contest coming february 16th and 17th to wheeling's west banco arena planning to stay in wheeling tough man weekend the wheeling ohio county cvb is offering special hotel rates for tough man fighters ring girls and fans for details visit wvtoughman.com get your tickets today and tough it out Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Eighteen to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show, fifty-seven at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, fifty-five at the Highlands, fifty in Elm Grove, and fifty-six here at the Watchdog Radio Network studios downtown in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Fog advisory this morning, uh, rainy day, daytime high around 56. Let me welcome to the program the chief cardiologist and head of the Cardiac Care Center at uh, WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, Dr. Mike Campsey. Dr. Campsey, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Well, you know, I was at your place yesterday having my annual checkup for congestive heart failure, and they told me I'm in good shape and that everything is sounding good and looking good, and so I'm feeling good. But my question to you, since we're talking about a heart here, is, Doc, um, one of our listeners brought me this breakfast croissant with sausage and egg this morning. Should I be eating that? Uh, I would say no as a heart failure uh, patient. Too late, Doc. Wanna... What's that? I said too late. It's almost gone. Too late. Too late. Well, um, you know, I think that, that um, certainly there's room for that in, in um, most people's diet. But I think as a heart failure patient, you want to try and avoid um, the salt that comes in that food, really. Yeah, I was afraid you are going to say that. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really about eating right, I would say, 80% of the time. So if you stick to like an 80-20 rule, um, that will 
probably go a long way for you and and many people really is a, is a diet low in sodium and other things like that good should everybody be thinking that way or only those of us who have heart problems well people's blood pressure uh people you know the blood pressure goes up if we have too much salt and fluid on board um, but that doesn't always apply to everybody. There are some people out there that can eat salt, and it does not really bother their blood pressure. Uh, it, ter- it turns out or tends to be that patients that we see in the clinic, they do tend to be more responsive to sodium intake. So we do tell them to uh, restrict their sodium some. But, no, I don't think it's for everybody. It's just, you know, you, you got to sort of understand what your body is uh, telling you. Sometimes your body doesn't tell you things, though. Uh, you've been with us before, and uh, we talked about the fact you yourself, you know, cardiologist, exercise guy, and all that sort of stuff, you had a stroke. Yeah, I did. I did. And it was, um, you know, they never found the uh, reason for the stroke. Um, so they, they did all sorts of things. They looked for holes in my heart. They looked for uh, blood clotting factors and so forth. And they didn't find a reason for the stroke. Um, so that stuff is really unpredictable, you know. I mean, you can go through life and you can um, worry about what's going to happen to you and so forth, but it turns out, you know, you just don't know. And um, so that's why I say 80-20 for food, right? Still got to live your life. Most of us who, who are under some kind of cardiac care uh, have recommended diets and recommended lifestyle changes and so on but for an average person for someone who doesn't present with a an immediate heart problem of some kind what are some general guidelines to a lifestyle to live by and b things to look for that could be possible signs of heart problems um so let's talk about lifestyle first um you know the american heart association has this thing called the essential eight and they look at uh eight different either uh, body metrics or uh, lifestyle habits. So they look at exercise, they look at, you know, eating healthy, don't smoke, getting good sleep, which is seven to nine hours of sleep a night. I know that can be tough for many people. Um, Maintaining a good body weight, which is somewhere, you know, around, have a BMI or body metric index of less than 30. Um, know Know what your blood sugar is. Know your blood pressure, so blood pressure monitoring is important for people, um, not daily, but at least once a week. Uh, you know, the patients that are in my practice, we recommend that they monitor it more. And then blood cholesterol, you should have that checked um, at the age of 20 and then um, usually about every five years after that, um, unless you have uh, cardiology or cardiac problems. And as far as, um, what was the second part of the question? What, the what, what should you look for? I mean, what should a healthy person be on the lookout for that could indicate some possible signs of heart problems coming down the road? Or, may, maybe, or maybe the answer is, as you found out, maybe the answer is you, don't, you just really won't know. No, I think that there are certain, there are certain symptoms that point to, toward a, a cardiac problem. Uh, so that is more sudden onset of shortness of breath, uh, new chest pain, um, typically, you know, um, it involves uh, discomfort in the center of the chest, which is described as a pressure type of sensation radiating into the jaw, the neck, the back, 
or down uh, one of the arms or both arms. Um, but anything in the chest area should uh, raise your eyebrows. Um, palpitations or fluttering in the chest, that can be uh, reflective of atrial fibrillation, which is something that we can uh, uh, treat with medicine. Um, yeah, but I think really shortness of breath, chest discomfort, uh, you know, lack of ability to do what you used to do. Um, and I'm not talking about 10 years ago, but I'm talking about like right. maybe last, last year. Right. Um, then those, those, uh, those are the big ones. Those are what we watch for when people come into our office to be assessed or something like that. I had uh, AFib, and um, it, it was at Christmas time. We were going to Christmas, uh, going to breakfast at Santa Claus with my grandson, and my son said, "Dad, you can't even make it up the walkway to the table." I said, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm just having a real hard time breathing." He said, "You know, you need to go." And, and we went to the hospital and. Indeed, at, at, at Wheeling Hospital, they said, oh, my, you, yes, you're in AFib. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I'm the kind of guy, I would have just said, oh, I'm just huffing and puffing a bit. My son was the one who said, Dad, something's not right. you got to take care of this. Yeah, I think that happens to us a lot of times, uh, that we don't recognize it or we pass it off as getting older or something like that. But if you talk to a wife or, or another family member, um, they will point out that, yeah, you've been huffing and puffing for six months or, or longer sometimes. Um, and they may have brought it up to you, but you just sort of still kind of shrugged it off. But, yeah, I, I think that, you know, as you found, symptoms are real. Yeah. They are present. You just have to look for them. And a lot, I, don't, I, don't, I won't say a lot of people. I'll say I'm the kind of guy who just goes, ah, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. <laughs> it'll be okay. No, nah, it's not that big yeah. a deal. And it turned out it was a very big deal, and I was—I I went through the cardiac department of Wheeling Hospital. I had ended up having a pacemaker put in, and um, all different kinds of problems. But o- only because my son said, "Dad, you got to get to the hospital now." Yeah, well, your son's a bright guy. <laughs> he is. Let's talk about the uh, cardiac care uh, facility there at the hospital. Um, you have a, a wide range of, of uh, cardiologists on there and, and uh, support staff, um, yeah. and um, uh, and you offer an awful lot of services. Let's talk about that. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, just to talk about our cardiology uh, services, um, we really offer just about uh, everything that can be offered, um, short of, uh, like, major procedures like um, uh ECMO or something like that, where you where you're putting patient on uh, advanced life support right. uh, for a procedure. But uh, ab- absolutely, we offer everything um, from coronary artery bypass grafting to coronary artery bypass grafting with valves. We're offering structural heart uh, procedures, which are uh, things like the Watchman procedure, the amulet procedure, which are left atrial um, uh, occlusion devices, uh, PFO closure. Uh, PTCA, and, which is balloon angioplasty and stenting, uh, that's fairly common these days. Um, acute MI, we're caring for acute MIs, as you mentioned, the atrial fibrillation as well. So we really have a, a wide range of services here. Um, our cardiologists are um, well-trained, uh, all board-certified docs. We have APP support, which is advanced practice, advanced practice practitioners. So they're PAs and nurse practitioners that we've trained personally um, to 
assist in the care of our patients. Um, and we feel that our APPs are, are top-notch. They're really good girls, and um, uh, they just do a fantastic job for us. Uh, as far as other services that we have, you know, I think our echo, our echo services here are really good, and echo is just an ultrasound of the heart, as you know. Um, but, yeah, we have uh, many services here. So uh, from, from, from diagnostic services like an echo or something to uh, fixing the problem, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything, uh, everything can be done here in Wheeling. It, well, I wanted to ask that. Uh, as a uh, part of the WVU Medicine family, how much is done here and how much, if any, gets farmed out to other places? You know, that we always say, should I be sent to Morgantown or something like that? Yeah, it's it's rare to get sent to Morgantown, I would say, unless you come in and you've got, you know, um, uh, unless you're a high-risk patient, uh, you're not going to go to Morgantown or any other place, really. You're just going to stay here and get your procedure done. I, I often... You know, I tell a patient they need bypass surgery, and it's just a run-of-the-mill, you know, uh, routine bypass surgery, and they tell me they want to go to Cleveland Clinic. I'm just – <laughs> that, just, that just surprises the heck out of me because there's nothing that they can do um, that is any better than what we're going to do here. Now, again, there are procedures that they do that we can't do, like robotic uh, aortic valve replacement and robotic mitral valve uh, repair. Uh, those are done in Morgantown. But, you know, just I, I, think, we, I think we do everything very well. I, I, the, the point I, I think I was, I was getting to is that sometimes folks feel that if you go out of town, somehow you get better service, and that isn't really the case. I don't think so. Uh, Bob, you had a question? Dr. Camp, you had a call off the air. A gentleman was very excited, and he wanted to thank you and your department. Uh, Dr. Probakwa, I, I believe I'm saying it close enough that you would know who I'm talking about, uh, according yeah. to the caller, saved his life, turned his whole life around, saved his life. Yeah, Dr. Probaka, he's, uh, he's been here for, I think, um, four or five years now, um, and he is our CT surgeon, our cardiac surgeon. He's fantastic. He's got... Uh, Great quality scores. He's got a fantastic bedside manner. Uh, he is who does our bypass surgery, our uh, aortic valve replacements. He works with Dr. Huda in structural. He's a fantastic guy, no doubt. Well, apparently somebody was extremely pleased with that. I guess the good the good news is you do get to save lives. I suppose there are also some downsides uh, psychologically, I guess, to being in the cardiac care business. But I suppose you get a lot of very good stories, you know. We do. We get some great stories. Uh, it's it's rare to uh, come across somebody that's been disappointed in our care, but it does happen every once in a while. Um, and but we try to we try to please everybody. <laughs> Doc, before I let you go, how have things changed in cardiac care since you got started? Is it technology since primarily? I, yeah, I I think that the technology. So when I first started, um, that's when the stents came out. And, you know, now we're, you know, generations into the stents and we're using, uh, you know, aspirin and, and Plavix and other antiplatelet drugs uh, more frequently. Um, we've gone through the era of using rotational atherectomy for a lot of things. Really, the technology has been the big change for me. And it, it, um, it and you have most of the technology you need right there. Yeah, we have everything here that, that Morgantown and Cleveland Clinic have. Yeah. 
Anything else? You'd be, uh, we've got American Heart Month coming up. Uh, anything else you want us to, to think about uh, in terms of our heart, uh, in terms of cardiac care, in terms of just, I don't know, c- caring for each other with our heart? I mean, <laughs> any final thoughts this morning? Well, you know, I think that uh, community is a big part of, of remaining healthy. And uh, so I think that, you know, staying close to your community and your supporters and your loved ones and so forth is, is really a, is a primary uh, prevention that we don't pay enough attention to. And then I would say that, you know what, get out there and do a little exercise. It'll, uh, it'll change your mind for sure. And probably not the breakfast croissant that I got. I'm staring at right here. I guess I'm gonna have to put it down for the. <laughs> put that sandwich down, Howard. <laughs> Only if you've been doing it every day this week. Okay. Have I? No, I haven't one. No, no, not no, that bad. No, no, not that bad. So, all right, maybe yeah, I. So you can have it. All right, I'll eat half of it maybe, and uh, just, uh, just because it, ta- <laughs> it tastes it tastes so good. You know, one thing, real quick, I will say this. Uh, I I still probably use too much salt, but I have. It was amazing to me when I started weaning myself off of salt because I was a big salt guy. Yeah, uh, how your taste buds change and don't and get used to not having as much salt in your diet. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you can definitely get used to it. I had cut out salt many years ago, and I've started to recently add it back in a little bit, and I just it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Campsey, I appreciate your time this morning. I appreciate the work you do. Thanks a lot. And when I say that, I appreciate it. I mean that on a personal level since I uh, am one of not your patients, but one of the patients at your cardiac care facility. So uh, I appreciate your time this morning, and I appreciate the work that you do. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Dr. Mike Campsey is the uh, chief cardiologist, head of the cardiac care department at uh, Wheeling Hospital. So what do I do with this sandwich, Bob? Do I just... Well, maybe take a couple more bites, maybe save the rest for, I don't know, tomorrow or Saturday, Howard. <laughs> so if, I eat, if I eat the sandwich all in pieces throughout the week... You yeah, that... you want to scatter it out throughout the week, Howard. I, th- I think he was. I think he wanted to say, put the damn thing down. Throw it away, Howard. Throw it away. <laughs> he just he didn't want to quite go, go, go that far. You know, that's another thing that I am so lucky, so fortunate, Howard. I've never had a thing for salt. You'll never see me with a salt shaker in my hand. I've never noticed that. Yeah, I just don't... I, don't, I, don't, I use pepper. I don't use salt. I have always... And I still salt a lot. And my wife tells me I salt too much. Um, but I do salt a lot less than I used to. It is a, uh, the sodium holds fluid, and that's what I can't have is holding fluid. So um, I, I, I try to cut it down. But I, I'm a, as you know, you've seen me do it. I put salt in a lot of things. Pass me the salt. Yeah, I, I, how many times have I said that to you? All right, just about 9 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up next hour, if we have time, I'll try and squeeze a call or two in and a couple more things on this homeless thing. But i I, I got to be honest, I have another guest coming up. Uh, we're moving on, but we'll get this all taken care of one way or another. ABC covers the world. That's coming up next. It's going to be a foggy morning, at least another hour or so. Uh, going to be a rainy all day long today, rainy all week long, as a matter of fact. 57 at the airport, 55 at the Highlands, 50 in Elm Grove, and 56 here at the Watchdog Radio Network. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.